So hello, hello, hello. And thank you so much for being here and tuning in to the Lampo Show podcast. I am Tina Lampo, your host, digital content creator, entrepreneur. And today on the show, we have Miss Tammy Spinetta with us, who's going to share her long distance intercultural marriage, I mean, relationship journey with us. A little bit about the Lampo Show podcast. This is a platform for American women who are dating, engaged, married to, or divorced from, and possibly scammed from men from the continent of Africa. I made this platform so those voices that have been suppressed due to shame, embarrassment, heartbreak, whatever, will have a place where they can speak out and talk about their journeys publicly without shame and without judgment. So without further ado, I'm going to let Miss Benetta tell you just a little bit about her and who she is. Hi, I'm Tammy Spinetta, and, and um, I am an esthetician, a makeup artist. I live in Madison, Wisconsin, and um, I have a 16-year-old son that uh, he's just awesome. He's the joy of my heart. And then, of course, I'm engaged to the most amazing man on the planet, and uh, his name is Emeka. He's um, in Lagos, Nigeria. And we've been together for over three years and we'll talk more about, about the relationship as we get into the questions, but it's just been the most amazing journey of my life. I've never met a better man than him. And so, yeah, I'm excited to do this interview with Tina. And thank you so much for that. Okay, so we're going to get in right into it. We're not going to waste any time. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about how you met Amika? Sure. So he had sent me a Facebook friend request. And of course, I, you know, I had a lot of them. And usually I like just kind of look them over. I block, I delete or whatever, because they've uploaded like 10 pictures in the last like 20 minutes. And so it's like, it's just a fake guy. And it's <laughs> usually the same guy, right? Same stock photos. So like right. Mecca, I actually sat for a day and I like really looked through his profile. I mean, he went all the way back to Man, I think 2014, 2012, like I could tell he had been on social media for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. He was a real person, you know, not like just somebody who uploaded a few photos and he just looked like a sweet, innocent guy, you know, and um, I, so it's like, and I love meeting people all over the world. I've traveled all over the world. So I love different cultures. And so I accepted his friend requests and we just started um, like right away, as soon as I accepted, he's like, hello. <laughs> like, so we just started talking. <laughs> I wish he was that quick today. But anyways, so it's like, you know, we started chatting back and forth. And uh, we, you know, neither one of us were looking for a relationship. We just were looking for friendship and right. some country. And we just, we really connected and clicked fast. Like I've never connected with anybody that quickly. And so, yeah, so from there, it just really escalated and the feelings came fast and furious. Okay, that's interesting. So would you think if someone had told you maybe five or 10 years ago that you would be married to a man from the continent of Africa, would you have believed that? No, no, because <laughs> where would I meet them, right? <laughs> right, so we're thankful for technology, you know? Um, yes. So why did you choose to be with a man from the continent? Because there were so many things I loved about him. Like right away, we talked about our faith. We're both Christians. And that was very important to us. Like even his, um, the first thing his dad asked when he told his dad about me was, is she a Christian? So mm -hmm. that's very important. And that my family asked the same thing. So it's a very important thing to both of us. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we just like, that conversation flowed and he's very educated, very intelligent. 
And so it was like, we just connected. I love Mm -hmm. how religious he was. I love how connected their families are. Like they're very family oriented, which is something we don't always have here in America. Right. I love the respect he had for his parents. Like he'd call his dad, sir. I'd never seen that in my life, you know? Um, Because sometimes here in America, they call their parents by their first name. Right. So I loved how easy our conversation flowed. I loved, I like, I was so fascinated with the, the history of Nigeria and he loves mm-hmm. talking about it. like he went to school for adult education so he's a teacher by trade his oh, mom okay. was a school. yeah so he used to when he was young he used to teach young students you know mm-hmm. so just listening to him he just he he would grab my attention in a way like he could talk all day and I'd never get bored and so mm-hmm. the history of Nigeria and the culture and him being an Igbo and just so many things, the food, the language, like I love pidgin English. Like, I think it's the funnest language in the world. Of course, he doesn't think he's like, it's not a language, but I love it. Are you, <laughs> you trying know, to learn like, it? I would love to, but in he, in the beginning, he used to teach me and his brother would, but then he's like, no, it's not. A, he goes, I like speaking English with you. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, but I want to learn pidgin. You know, well, maybe so, you can but, like try to take a class for it and um, learn it that way. I did buy a book, so yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was thinking about that too, but yeah, but I just. The, I but at the talk. same time, you want to make sure you're pronouncing it right, so that when you do try to talk to him in that language, you don't sound crazy. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes I'll go, my yeah, body me, and he's like, "Where did you learn that?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I have another Nigerian friends. <laughs> okay, so yeah. is there an age difference between you two? Yes, there's a big age difference. Okay, you know? what's that? What's the difference in <laughs> I age? Am older. Difference in age is like 22 years. Oh, but okay. He didn't think I was as old as I was. Like when as we started talking, like he just like age has never really been a thing for us because he acts more mature than I do, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it just works for us. <laughs> okay. Yep. Age ain't nothing but yeah. a number. That's what they say. So exactly when two, when me, when two people love each other, I mean, it really doesn't matter, you know, exactly. So, so do you have children? I do. I have one son who's 16. Okay. How does he feel about you being in this type of uh, relationship? He thought it was a little different at first mm-hmm. because it's like, how do you just meet someone online and fall in love with them and all this and that. So it doesn't seem quite real, you know, even though he's 16 and online, but he's not a social media kid, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, but he's, he's coming around and he sees that, you know, I'm very happy that Emeka makes me happy. He sees how much, you know, I love him. And now he wants to be in a nice loving relationship, which is funny. So, <laughs> so it's done rubbed off on him. <laughs> yes. I'm hoping. Yes. <laughs> so does your fiance have children? No, he, he does doesn't. not. So do y'all have any plans nope. to have any children together? Like. Yeah. So like, obviously like, you know, we can't biologically, you know, so it's like, but there's many different ways where you can have children and even like my son is adopted. So it really doesn't matter if like you're younger or you're older, it's like, you're still, you know, people can have issues, you know, with, um, fertility at any age, you know, exactly. So there's just many different methods, ways. Okay. So it's good that y'all have a plan in place in case he decides later on that he does want children. Yeah, I I think that's awesome. Yeah, because we've talked about that. Like that was one of the first things we talked about, you know, because I wanted to make sure like, does my age bother you? You know, what what about having children? And, you Mm -hmm. know, biologically, you know, I can't. And 
So it's like, I love that he was just open to all of that. And we talked about okay. it, you know, like I wanted children. And so, yeah, I'm willing to make those, even though I'm older, it's like, we'll just have mm-hmm. to have a knee because I'm not chasing a child in my later exactly. years. The way I do, right. You know? Yeah, I get it. So what does your family think about you being in this type of long distance relationship and the fact that he's a, a black man? What, what do they think about that? So obviously my parents are older in the late mm-hmm. 70s. And so they um, have had a harder time with it just based on their generation, you know, mm-hmm. the way they do things. You know, the other day I just left a really heartfelt message for my parents, you know, and everything. And so then they, it was really eye-opening. They both cried when they listened to it because they just mm-hmm. know how much I am and how much I want, you know, this all to work out, you know, with everybody. Right. And so they were um, they were more understanding. They, they said, yes, we will, um, you know, thank you for sharing that. We love you. And we, you know, um, we want to accept him too. So, oh, that's yeah. beautiful. So, that is beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah beautiful. And I know that made you feel really good. Yeah, it did. It did. Cause I love my family and I love Ameka and I won't give him up for anything, you know? Exactly. And, and at the end of the day, it's about your happiness anyway, but at the same time you want, your family to be involved so that they can have that peace and that love there, you know, and welcome him in when he does come. So I think that's, that's good. So what, so what's the main way y'all communicate and how does it work out for y'all? Like the time zone difference, things like that. The time zone is hard. I'm not going to lie because he's seven hours ahead right now until daylight then six, but still, like, you know, like last night we were talking from one and 30 in the morning. Cause he wakes up. He's like, have you slept yet? You know, cause <laughs> I wake up an hour in the hour checking, you know, his text. So then I'm like, I slept for an hour or whatever. And then he's like, let's go over those questions now. So I wanted him to help me with the questions. For this. So I'm like, okay, you do realize it's one 30 AM here, but you know how they are. They're impulsive. And when they're ready, they're ready. Yeah. So we talked for till over four in the morning, <laughs> going over questions and but, you know, it's like we, we make it work. We'll text throughout the day. But usually the phone calls are usually during my sleeping hours. Not okay. His. <laughs> so do y'all get the talks so, every day or is it every day? Not every day. No, like every day we text. So every day there's texting. But okay. as far as talking, like sometimes we'll talk five or six times in a day. Mm-hmm. And other times we might not talk for three days. So it's kind of like. Just because of, we both and then too, with the network being, you know, not so good over there, you know, so you yeah. kind of like have to talk with them when you, to them when you can. Right. And data, you know, cause we'll mm-hmm. be in the middle of a conversation, a really good conversation. And then boom, the data runs out <laughs> and I'm like, ugh, you know, and then it's hard to pick the conversation back up the next day. Right. So how long did you two communicate back and forth before things got serious with you guys like dating? So, I mean, we pretty much knew from the start that we were starting to have really strong feelings for each other. And, um, you know, like I think within, within a week we're saying, I love you, you know, and everything. And like, it just got strong from there. And then we just, this was the beginning, January of 2019. And then I said, I want to bring in 2020 with you. And he goes, okay, all hands on deck. And uh, so we did by Christmas and New Year's that year. Um, we went to Dubai and we brought in the New Year together. And that's Oh, y'all traveled so. to Dubai? Yeah. I bet that was fun. I bet that it was, was fun. It was nice. It was I want to travel to Dubai. 
it's a beautiful country. We loved it there. Yeah, so he, so y'all met in Dubai. We met actually at the airport in Addis Ababa in Ethiopia. And so this is a funny story. So time-wise, like I am mm -hmm. very punctual on time. If I say I'm going to call you at four, I'll call you at four. That's just how I am. He will say, I'll call you in five minutes. And it could be five hours or five days later. You just don't know. So when we were supposed to meet at the Addis Ababa, he was getting in the night before. And so he had a 13-hour lay over there. So I thought, oh, he'll just be asleep in the lounge or, you know, whatever. So I get there and I can't get get a hold of him his dad is not on because it's like there's free wi-fi at the airport i can't get a hold of him i'm freaking out and we had to fly out by i think we had a board by 9 a.m and it is like 8 10 and i'm like where is he because i'm the type that i like to get there you know to the thing to get on the plane early and all that so he comes in like about 10 minutes before we're supposed to board he had gone to a hotel because he got there early so then they escorted him to a hotel where he got to stay for free of course he can't text and tell me that you know like with his free wi-fi at the hotel so i have no idea what's going on until like a few minutes before i ran into him so it was pretty sweet like run into him at the at the airport and then we flew to dubai together which is really cool oh that was sweet yeah yeah i, I really want to visit dubai so you love it so have either either of you been married before I was married once and he has not been married. Oh, okay. So this is his first marriage. Yep. This will be okay. his first. Yep. yep. So, so how, how many times have y'all met face to face? We have met face to face three times, two in Dubai and then one in Nigeria. And we were supposed to be in Rwanda in January, but I just. Oh, wow. Yeah. With a oh, tick wow. in my throat. So I was very frustrated. So otherwise it would have been four. You know, I think that's really interesting that even though he's not here with you, but you're still able to like go where he is and y'all can travel to like different places together. You know, that's that's mm -hmm. really nice, uh, neat. I like that. Yeah, I love yeah. that he loves to travel to mm -hmm. and see his and see. Yeah, like it's very important to me to be with somebody who loves to travel. <laughs> I like I to travel that. too. Yeah, I do. Does mm -hmm. Mr. Lampo? <sighs> Yeah, he do, but I'm gonna tell you, when they get here, it's like strictly business. Like they come here to do what they're supposed to do. You'll get a chance to experience it. But like, if I tell him, you know, oh honey, I booked this trip. Oh, oh honey, we going here. He's he's cool with it. You know, he put in his time at work to be off, and we go. So if I just tell him that where we're going, he'll go. Okay, that's yeah. Good. Yeah, he don't kick against it because I mean, he'll go. So we got a few trips coming up here pretty soon. So sweet. Out of the country? Um, not out of the country. No. Mm -mm, not of the country. Just like in the 50 states. Got <laughs> a couple of people want to go see just, you know, but oh. it helps to get out the house and get away from work, you know, just to have that time together outside yeah. of the house, you know. So yeah, that's mm -hmm. true. So what was it like preparing for your trip to go to Africa? Like um, so, your passport, your visa, how was the process for you to get all that done? So I've had a passport since 1987. So I've had my oh, passport okay. more than half my life, but the visa process to go to Africa was something else. And so like we got back from Dubai in January of 2020. And so I, we knew that I wanted to go to Nigeria in March to meet his parents and get their blessing and all that kind of stuff because we just got engaged. Mm -hmm. So February, I flew to Houston, did everything, got my 
visa. I was all set to go to Nigeria in March. And then the lockdown happened 10 days before I was to fly out. So, oh, I, was wow. like, so I mean, it was the interesting thing with getting the visa, though, is like, you know, it's a Nigerian run embassy, right? So there's mm-hmm. Nigerians there. So I had an appointment for noon and I didn't get seen until two. So the guy had to eat his lunch first. He took other Nigerians ahead of me or whatever. And there was one nice Nigerian that I was talking with. And he's like, she's been here longer than me. Take her first. Well, then he had to go back and eat his lunch first. So, I mean, it's typical Nigerian, (laughs) even at the embassy. (laughs) So it was interesting. (laughs) So did you, I I didn't remember hearing you saying it, but did you have to travel to get your visa for Nigeria? Where where was that? I went to Houston. Oh, Houston. I went to Houston. Houston. Okay, because I know the other ladies traveled to Atlanta and got theirs. So Houston was closer for you, being that you live in Wisconsin. 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 Okay. But to me, Houston seemed more laid back. Like I've driven through Atlanta twice, and it scares me. So Mm -hmm. I did not want to fly into Atlanta. Houston was just seemed more cool, laid back, and I've been to Dallas. So oh, that's why I picked. Yep. So tell me, what was the what was the stay like over there? Like, did he have almost his own place? Did y'all get an Airbnb? Did you stay with family? Did you stay in the village? What was the experience like being over there? He wanted to pamper me my first trip, so it was so cool because all I had to do was plan my plane ticket. He took care of everything else. So he oh wow, so he booked awesome, awesome. Stayed at yeah, like he cooked food for us like he um, ordered food you know like he just he took care of me in a way I've never had a man care for me in my life and that was like it just felt so beautiful special yeah (laughs) I felt pampered he was very protective of me very we stayed at his um, place like two nights and he went to draw water because of course the two nights we stayed there the water wasn't working so we had to do the bucket baths flush the toilet with water and all that so I remember he went outside to draw water for me and I went outside to see what was taking him so long. He's like, get back in there, get back in. Cause he did like, it's just, he's so protective and he didn't want people seeing me there, you know, and stuff, just, right. uh, just the whole protectiveness of, and I wasn't allowed outside the gate if he wasn't with me, <laughs> it's just very different, but at the hotel, I could go down. And one night we were at the landmark and I went down to get us food and it was taking a while. So he texts me and he's like, how many guys are hitting on you? And I'm like, how did you know? Cause there was one hitting on me. And he goes, I live on banana Island and this, and like, I don't care. My husband's upstairs. And he's like, yeah, but, but I'm like, I'm not interested. And he wanted to give me his number. And I'm like, not in. So it was just funny that he texted me at that moment. How many guys are hitting on you? And I'm he like, why would you say that? Huh? He failed it. Yeah. And I said, why would you say that? He goes, cause you're white and you're alone. <laughs> Whatever that means. So you mentioned taking um the bucket bass while there. How was that experience for you with taking the bucket bass and flushing the toilet with a bucket of water and and taking a bath with the sponge? You know, it's just different over there. It is different. I mean, I've had a couple experiences, like because I've traveled, and so like I've been to Belize before, where we had to kind of wait for rainwater, you know, to take mm-hmm. a showerish kind of thing. Um, it was it was different because it's like, you don't feel as clean as taking a hard shower, you know what I mean? And, um, the flushing the toilet, that was hard because you do, you have to go and you have to draw the water because there's no burning water inside the house. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was different, but it's like, I'm also glad that I got to see part of that culture too. And like mm -hmm. he even said, he goes like, oh, you didn't get to experience, because I want to experience Nigerian life. And he's like, right, like the local life. Yeah. And he's like, I know you didn't get to experience all you wanted to, but he goes, we will on your next trip. But he just really wanted me to enjoy and feel comfortable and safe there, I guess. So, yeah. And y'all have been engaged how long now? Over two years. Okay. So when do y'all plan to marry? This summer. Oh, this summer. Exciting. Yeah. I'm Are you ready? You excited? I know. Oh, very excited. I've been waiting <laughs> for this for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's that's exciting. I'm happy for you. Congratulations. Thank you. So you did get to meet his family while you was there also? And yeah. were they very welcoming of you? Yes, they were. His mom is more quiet, but his dad, like Emeka says, his dad's a talkative mm -hmm. and like I'm a talkative. So his dad and I just really hit it off. We were you know, going back and forth and just really like having a really good conversation because the light was off. There was no electricity and the generator, he couldn't get it to work. So we're talking in the dark with the light of a cell phone <laughs> kind of a thing. But it was just, it was really nice. I felt very welcomed by them. Like his dad had wanted pictures with us, you know, together. And his mom gave me a huge hug and his sister. And so, I mean, it was really nice getting to meet, you know, one sister. I've talked with his brother online, you know, like we've been friends on Facebook ever since I've known Emeka. Um, and then I didn't get to meet the older two siblings. Oh, okay. But. So hopefully when you go back next time, you'll be able to meet them all. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what are your thoughts on like the culture there? Like when you would see these women, I, they, I think they're very strong. I tip my hat to these women over there that, you know, they have these babies, they tote these babies yeah. on them. They got these things on their head and honey, I would think my neck gonna break. <laughs> I don't know, but I tip my hat to them. They're very strong women. And what did yeah. you think about that? It was like, when you saw it, like, how did you feel? How did you make it? I kind of like had a feeling just because Emeka would video a lot, like when he would be out and about. So I could see the stuff, but you still don't experience it till you're there. So, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, when we're in the traffic is crazy because there are no, you know, lanes. It's like people just go in like wherever. And then you've got the hawkers. That's what they're called. Like in between the vehicles, right? Wearing those things on the head, small children coming up to the car and heavy traffic. And I'm like, aren't they afraid they're going to get hit? And like Emeka said, well, they're used to that because they've been mm -hmm. doing it since they were little. And I'm like, we were always taught not to play in the street, you know? So it's just a different thing. But yeah, I mean, these women are so strong. Yeah, like, yeah, carrying babies, sometimes two babies, carrying things on their head. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I love the Nigerian culture because they are the hardest working people I've ever known. Mm -hmm. I've never known harder working people. And you probably feel the same way about Ghanaians. You know, I, mm -hmm. been there, I do. I actually that. applaud both Nigerians and Ghanaians, you know, Ghanaians, because those are some strong people. They're, they're resilient. Very they're very resilient. And, yeah. and when I was there, no matter what they, you know, what situation they were in, they were always happy. Yes. They I, were always happy. You know, yes. we spoiled over so here in America. We're spoiled over here. So, and that just, that just blew my mind because even with the city, I'm not saying that they're broke down and stuff like that over because you see, they got food on every corner over, over there, but right. they kept a smile on their face. Those people are always happy, no matter yeah. what. Yeah, that was like eye-opening too, because like our children cry if the Xbox or the Wi-Fi goes exactly. up, you know, 
but here these people are happy and they may be going out with food for out two days sometimes. Exactly. You wouldn't know it. And they have malaria and they still go to work. We have a sniffle and we want to stay home. Okay, we calling in talking about we can't make it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like my respect level for them is so high. So exactly. Because every day it's a hustle over there. And we've seen it with our own eyes from sun up to sundown. They're hustling for their next meal to whereas we can walk in our refrigerator and just get what we want, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I, Yes, much respect to him. I tip my hat. So, um, how many languages does your uh, your fiance speak? He speaks. Um, so he's Igbo, but he grew up in Lagos, so he speaks fluent Yoruba. He speaks Pigeon and English. So, okay. like basically three, he can understand Igbo, and he knows a few things in Igbo, but he doesn't speak Igbo fluent. Mm -hmm. So, what was the food like? Like, how did, did you, did you enjoy the food being that it was so different from the way we eat here? Um, yes and no. Like, Emeka is a very fussy eater and mm. I can, I'm a foodie. So with him being a fussy eater, he has limited things of what he eats. So when we'd go places to eat or if he would order food, he always ordered jollof rice and chicken because he knows I love it because we had it in Dubai and I loved it, but not every day. But um, this is a sweet thing. When I got to the airport and he picked me up, we went to the hotel and he had jollof rice and fried chicken waiting for me. Oh, and that, that was sweet. The world to me. Yeah, because he knew I was craving it. And but then I think he thinks I craved it every day, but I didn't. So like by the third week, I was like, can I have like shawarma? And he goes, you mean you don't want rice? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love shawarmas. And we found a place that's like three minutes down the road from us. And my husband wants shawarma, and they taste just like the shawamas in Ghana. Oh my gosh. It's a Mediterranean restaurant called oh, Falafel Oasis, and they they taste just like the ones in Ghana. Yum. Yeah, I loved mm -hmm. it. I wish I would have had that earlier because then I could have had that more often. But mm -hmm. yes, and the food was spicy. Like there were times where it upset my stomach a little bit. You know, Emeka was trying to be careful with how spicy my my food was you know because he knew I wouldn't be able to handle it so but sometimes you can't handle it so even with like suya he was like scraping off the pepper for me so it wasn't so spicy <laughs> it's hot so have you learned to prepare any African dishes so I tried jollof rice and fried chicken a couple times and Mecca's like you didn't do that right or it like it's too dark or you let it do this too long. I'm like okay well you got it you sent me the video I tried to do it from that you know and so but then when I was over there he helped me he showed me how he cooks like indomie with um like sardines and then like fried egg over the top so that was really tasty so then one morning I'm like hey can I make us breakfast and he goes do you know how I'm like yes, you taught me like I am a good cook in my country, you know? <laughs> so then I did make it. And he was actually impressed with how well I made it, you know, after learning just once, but. Oh, okay. So I'm what's trying. your favorite? So what's your favorite African dish? Hmm. I do really like their fried chicken and fried turkey. And mm -hmm. I do their jollof rice. Um, yeah. I don't really like a goosey soup. I tried it and it's too, I don't know, too fishy, too goaty. I don't know. Too strong or something. <laughs> okay, you like what you like, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, what would you take? What would you say is the like the biggest cultural difference between the two of y'all, and how do y'all overcome it? Overcome it. The biggest cultural difference, I would say, 
um, like we were talking about that this morning and like, I'm a very emotional person. So mm -hmm. I like, I can cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm sad or I'm upset. Like I just get very emotional over, over things. He doesn't, he's very calm. Like he's always telling me just calm, just calm, <laughs> not like calm down, but just calm, you know? And for him, so if he is, um, if he's stressed about something, like he gets quiet and he doesn't want to discuss it with me. Like he's the, the head, he's the man. So he gets quiet about stuff where when I'm emotional, I need to talk to him. So if we're both having our moments, I need that time with him and he needs that time alone. So mm -hmm. that's where it gets hard, you know, culturally. Um, I love that he's the head of the house. Like he's the man. I, I so respect that in him. But in the beginning, it was harder because my ex-husband let me do basically whatever I wanted. I could get away with that, anything, you know what I'm saying? And uh, let me, you know, at first it's, it's that little butting of heads, but I respect the hell out of him for that. You know, mm -hmm. like I just, uh, I love that he puts his foot down and he's not afraid to tell me, you know, what's up, you know, and they're very honest, like to a fault, like very blunt. And sometimes I can be offended by certain things that he has said. And he's like, I didn't mean it that way, you know, whatever. Cause mm -hmm. if you'll tell me you're better looking now than you were in your forties or thirties or this or that. I'm like, so I wasn't good looking before. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't say that. <laughs> so it's like, you can take words wrong or um, like just communication with some words. Like, you know, when we first started talking, he's like, you're a big woman. And I'm like, what? And then he goes, well, you're big, like, like, you know, this, that, and I'm like, do not come to America and tell my friends they're big women because you will get slapped, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so and you know, that's things. what I was going to ask you next, like the language barrier between the two of you. I was going to ask, like, did it cause like any type of conflict due to the misinterpretation, you know, of the words and the way it's being said? <laughs> yes, totally. And like one time, so then I'm a big woman at one point, but then he tells me, he goes, you act like a small girl. And I'm like, what does that mean? A small girl, like I, a child? He's like, no, he goes, he goes, I mean, you don't try to lord it over me. Like, even though you're older than me, you respect me, you know, as the head, as the man. And so he goes, you just act like, like um, you're young and playful. And he's like, I don't know how to say it in your language, but <laughs> so it's, it's always cute how we try to, you know, do things or whatever. And then they speak very loudly, as you know. So yes. like when we have had our fights or arguments, um, I'm like, stop yelling at me. And he's like, I'm not yelling. This is how I talk. I talk loud. So then the next day we'll joke about it. And then he's like, I'm a cool guy. I'm like, yeah, when you're not talking loud, <laughs> you know, so like we learn to joke about our differences and that helps a lot. Yeah. Joking about them. Yeah. So let me ask you this, having dealt with American men for the most of your life, and now that you're involved with an African man, how does the level of intimacy and affection differ? So, um, like he said, like he can go a year in Africa and never see a couple kiss in public or hold hands or anything like that, where we're very touchy feely, you know, here in America. And he even says to me after I got back from Nigeria, he's like, I wonder how you do it sleeping alone because you're very touchy feely, <laughs> like, you know, cause it's like, I always have to be holding his hand or, you know, this right. and that and like the the first time, even at the airport saying goodbye, he would not kiss me goodbye. Mm -hmm. Like I went to kiss and he was like, kind of pushed me away. He hugged me, 
but he would not kiss me. And I'm like, why won't you kiss me? And he goes, because there are people watching. I'm like, you don't know these people. You're never going to see them again in your life. You know? And he's like, I can't, I can't. I'm like, how about the hand? How about the forehead? No, no, no. So I'm like, so yeah, I mean, that is definitely different, but I mean, when we're alone, he'll hold me and, you know, we cuddle and, you know, watch TV and stuff like that. But so it's public, just the, the public display of affection. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's the biggest difference. Okay. <laughs> so, um, as an American woman who is also married to a man from the continent of Africa, and we know that most of these men do not make a lot of money over there. So my question is, have y'all had financial conversations, discussions about finances? Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got our goals, we have our plans, you know, and like, um, he's, a, he's a very hard worker and he's, he's a great entrepreneur. Like he started a business in Nigeria, you know? Um, so he, he does well at it. It's a shop. I mean, it's a hustle because he's got mm-hmm. to go to the markets and stuff and, you know, stock the shop and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he's doing well with that. And it's like, I know when he comes here, he will be, he'll, he'll be successful in anything he puts his hand to. Mm-hmm. So from what I've researched and from what I've known about the tradition of the African men, um, they take care of their wives. So the wives does not contribute financially at all over there. So my question is, how do you feel about having to contribute financially in this relationship? And why do you think it makes it so different because you are an American woman? So I think, you know, like you have to look at it from here too. Like a lot of American wives will support their American husbands if they're Mm -hmm. going back to school or if they've lost their job or whatever. And so why should it be any different with how we help our husbands over there? Exactly. They're struggling with something or, you know, and, and even Emeka said too, he's like, it's the economy is changing over there where women are working. Like he Mm -hmm. said, when his mom was pregnant with him, like she was hawking, you know, she was selling things. And so, you know, his mom's a very hard worker, always has, like she owns a primary school, you know, and that's how she was able to put all her kids through college. And so it's like, um, so he has grown up having a working mom, you know, his sisters work, you know, they're doing all that. So he said it is um, changing and it's more of an economical thing too. So it's like, what, what partner is stronger economically that can help support the other one? Mm-hmm. And so I know, um, you know, and you had said this, you know, when you were talking last week too, is that, you know, once your husband came over here, he hasn't skipped a beat, you know, like he has done everything, he's supporting the family and it, it'll be the same with Emeka too. Like he's not a lazy man. If he was lazy and just sat around, I would have a harder time. Mm-hmm. But knowing that he's working and doing everything he can, why wouldn't I help him as he needs? He doesn't need it much anymore at all, you know, cause he's got the business to support him, you know, but, but yeah, so I'm all for it. Is there any particular reason as to why you didn't file the um, the K-1 visa for him to come here and be with you and then y'all marry here versus you waiting the two years that y'all been engaged and you go over there and marry him? Is there a particular reason why? So we were going to get married in November of 2020. So we got engaged January of 2020. So we were going to get married in November, had it all set. Um, and I had my ticket to Nigeria and everything, but that's when the NSARS was going on there mm-hmm. and the massacre at Lakey. So 10 days before I was supposed to fly there, I'm like, let's just go back to Dubai. It's safer. 
um, because they had stormed the airport. So I just was nervous. We both were nervous. So then that's why so we ended up um, doing that. So that's why our marriage kind of got postponed. So we were going to always do the spousal. Um, and it's like, yeah. And then I've heard too, with a spousal, it can take longer. Like you just, they're always changing their story of as to what is quicker or faster. So, and then I've also heard too, with our age difference that a spousal would be uh, more solid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's another reason too, why we want to do the spousal. Yeah. With the spousal uh, visa, it took us 19 months for me to get my husband here. Very long time. And then when COVID hit, it even made the time frame longer for people that were going through the K-1 visa also. Oh, wow. Yeah. So COVID affected it a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. So you are planning to petition for him to come here, right? Yeah. And so just so happened when you petitioned for him to come here and things does not go according to plan and immigration, do you have any thoughts of moving there? Is that an option for you to be with him? Yeah, like we'll go anywhere. Like we know we're going to be together no matter what it takes. Like yeah, I'm very open to, you know, moving to a different country. Um, he said Nigeria would not be a safe place for me unless we were living like on the island. So we'd have to both be financially sustainable where we could stay on the island or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we would definitely be open to the UK, Europe, you know, anywhere as long as we can be together. I mean, mm-hmm. my son is 16 now, so I definitely have to wait till he's on his own, you know, but we've already been long distance for three years. So what's a few more, you know, mm, but okay. we definitely will be together. Okay. So do you mind if we stop right here and take some questions from the audience? If there's anyone in the audience that has questions for her, can y'all please put them there so we can answer, get her to answer them? I'm gonna stroll back up through here and see if I missed any. Okay. Thank you so much viewers for being here, tuning in with us today. (coughs) Excuse me. So if y'all have any questions for Miss Tammy, please put them in the chat so we can have her to answer those for you, okay? So we both know that African men move like really fast in these relationships. How did you feel about that? Being that this man told you he loved you in a few days of meeting you online. <laughs> you know, like it, it's crazy because we neither one of us were looking for love, but when love happens, it happens, you know? And mm-hmm. um, so I'd asked him that, you know, like, why, why so fast? And he's like, well, there is kind of a scarcity mindset. Like, you know, it's like when, um, when you know that you want something, you have to go for it because mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to lose that thing. And he just, he knew, like, he'd never felt so serious about anybody. And I hadn't either. Like, it was the first time I'd ever been in love. And I think for him, you know, too, like, I'm the first woman he ever wanted to marry. So I'm, you know, no one else has ever met his parents. So like, when he, you know, was telling me he loved me and all that, like, I I was feeling it too. So I Mm -hmm. understood. Um, And I, I guess I love because he was confident. He knew what he wanted. (laughs) and He was going for it. You know, he didn't want anyone else to get me. So he was like, I, you know, you're what I want. And that's what I want. And okay. I love that about him. He's very confident. <laughs> so what's the one thing you absolutely hate about this, the, the long distance relationship? I hate the the time difference. And I hate that um, he's not always online to be able to talk to. I mean, I get it. Like, 
because I know he's working hard and I know it's a, it's a has, it's a hustle over there every day mm-hmm. and he's exhausted and tired. But for me, I would like more contact, you know, more calls, more video chats and stuff. But with a time difference, it's hard because when he can video chat, I'm in bed sleeping. Mm-hmm. And when I can video chat, it's dark there because they don't always have the light or the electricity. So it's like, why video if it's just dark on either end? Because in the middle of the day, we're both working, we're both doing our thing. So I would say that's the hardest thing for me is that, and that seeing him every night, you know, not mm-hmm. having him here, definitely. So how are y'all coping with the separation? We are both just really pouring into our jobs, our businesses, and just trying to really make them grow, staying busy. Like I'll go out with my girlfriends, we go out to dinner. Um, so I'm, I, I'm spending more time with my girlfriends on the weeks I have my son. I spend time with my son. Mm-hmm. So um, just really staying busy and staying focused, growing our businesses, because it's not easy being apart. <laughs> no. It's definitely not easy. I didn't, girl, I had times I didn't know if I was going to come and I'm telling you, it's it's hard. It's very hard. So that's why I have this platform. And I also try to be a voice for those ladies that's coming behind me that's going through this immigration process because I know it's not easy. I know what it's like. So I'm here to give them that emotional support and be their support system. If they have questions, you know, I try to be there to answer questions and stuff like that for them. So yeah. yeah, but it's not easy at all. So no. talk, speaking of support, what does your uh, support system look like while going through this? I have amazing friends and I, um, I have like um, amazing relatives too that like an amazing cousin, like I just talk to her all the time and mm-hmm. like you know, she's just been but like, as far as like my family, she's my strongest supporter in my family, um, Mel. So it's like, I don't know what I would do without her. Um, you know, and then same thing with my friends here, you know, it's like, like just having that support and Mac has gotten to video chat with a couple of them mm-hmm. and, you know, so that's been good too. So that it seems more real to them, you know, and like the ones that have gotten to meet him, they, they're like, I can see what you see. And I'm like, they're at first, like, what's this whole online thing or whatever. But then once they meet him, they're like, wow, he is like amazing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I told you. <laughs> so, yeah. I am a great support system here in Madison. That is good because we definitely got to have a support system when going through this type of relationship. Yes. And also with the other wives too, the Nigerian wives, Ghani. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I do without you guys. I don't know. (laughs) Cry a million tears, I'm telling you. Yeah. So what have you learned so far being in a long distance relationship? So like learned as far as like patience for one, <laughs> like a lot of patience. That's the number one thing that the wives and fiancés have learned in these type of relationship, patience. <laughs> yes. And endurance. Um, Cause I even asked the Mecca that, and he said to endurance, like you learn to endure um, through the hard times, you know, mm-hmm. um, forbearance, the, yeah. You know, learning the different cultures and like, um, like compromising, you know, like we've had to compromise on things because he can't like, he's like in Africa, he goes, a man makes it 80% of all the decisions in a marriage relationship. He goes, you guys do 50, 50, like you always do joint. So he's like, here, if I wanted to do a thing, I would do it. And then I would just say, um, you know, Hey, I'm going to do this thing. And you're just supposed to be okay with it. But in mm-hmm. America, he's like, I know that's not your culture. So like we, um, you know, we would discuss things. So I like that he, we both, 
I mean, and we've struggled. I mean, we've had our fights and misunderstandings and everything, but we're both getting better at the compromising and understanding each other. And when he doesn't come online for hours to say hi or whatever, like, I don't get as upset as I used to because like, mm-hmm. he, he was like, I'm always here. He goes, this is forever. Why are you upset that I'm not here 24 seven? He goes, I'm working, you know, I'm doing this. I'm doing that for us. And so understanding that their culture is to provide, protect and pray, you know, and we're not used to that. Like we want that emotional connection. We want that um, communication and all that. But for them, that's how they show love is by providing, protecting, so it's understanding our cultural differences and appreciating them rather than getting upset over them. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree with that. Does anyone have any questions? Does anyone have any questions for her? So what advice would you give to American women who are just starting out on this long distance journey in a cultural um, relationship journey? I would say um, just really understand your man's culture. Just really understand him because they're, I mean, yes, you can say Africans are like this or Americans are like this, but they're each individual too. So even talking with other African wives, it's like their husbands are still different than mine, you know? Mm -hmm. And so- mecca's got his own qualities his own um you know pluses and stuff like that just like any other husband and so it's like learning them learning their love language learning what makes them happy learning what makes them upset you know and so it's like i learned to pick my battles you know and like i said like mecca is a very private person so um 90 day fiance was out so when i wanted to do this podcast show with you as like, I need, this isn't something I wanted to do in a text and go, Hey, can I do this podcast thing? I wanted to do it by phone. Mm-hmm. And so like, I called him. I think that was one of our middle of the night conversations. I can't remember. He just texted me and said, he's been watching. So, Hey babe. So anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> he actually woke up. Wow. So anyways, I'll make um, up. <laughs> so he like, um, okay. Now I lost my train of thought. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> I know. Okay, what was I saying? Is about the um, the, the advice you would give to people that's um, current, just getting into these type of relationships. Oh yeah, it's just really you got to know your man. Oh yeah, so with this show, and so it's like I told him that I was going to do the show. He's like, so he goes, "You're telling me you're not asking," and I'm like, kind of. <laughs> and so, but he. But when I told them it was like for a positive spin and to share with the world, like how amazing these relationships can be and that, you know, not everybody from Nigeria is bad or Africa exactly. is bad, you know, that there are a lot of good people from there. And so then he was very supportive. And then when I said, I got the questions and I said, I want to go over them with you. Um, he was very supportive in that too. I mean, like I said, a 1.30 AM conversation, you know, or whatever. And he was just very good at answering the questions and helping me with that. And yeah, I love that. And that's the thing about, you know, my platform. If there's anything I ask you and you feel like it's too personal, you have to write and say, I decline to answer because I don't want no made, to make nobody feel uncomfortable on my platform. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah. but I can tell you that a lot of these questions come from immigration. So either you're going to ask them here or you're going to answer them for immigration. <laughs> right. so, exactly. I mean, yeah. it is what it is, but you know, that's what I tell yeah. people. You you have a right to decline anything I ask. So 
but I would, I would just say like really understanding your man and just really understanding the culture because you have to understand what makes him him and it's the culture he was raised in. Like he's, he's the most amazing person I know because he's Nigerian. He mm -hmm. would not be the same person if he was raised in America. You know, he's strong, he's resilient, he's hardworking, he's loving, he's caring. Like the way I felt protected and safe when I was in Nigeria, it was like anything, nothing I'd ever known. Like I'd never known that kind of protection before, you know? And um, it just, yeah. So you got to understand their culture, you know, and mm -hmm. um, get to know their families, you know, and because their families, I mean, that's who they are is that's what, how they were raised and right. his, his parents are hardworking. So that's, that's what he knows. You know, they're all very educated, very, very intelligent, you know, like, I just, I love his family. And I love that you marry the entire family, not just the individual, you know? So yeah, you because really gotta you, love the family. Yeah, because we become <laughs> our wife. Yeah, yes, our, yes. I first saw that in the very beginning. I think one of his friends said that, like, was our wife. And I'm like, I'm not your wife, I'm his. Like, it was kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm like, what do you mean our wife or whatever? Um, but then, yeah, you understand that it's the tribe, it's the culture that. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I know when I first heard it, when he said our wife, and I'm just like, I'm not your <laughs> wife. The same thing. I'm not your wife. I'm his wife. No, you're our wife. So you married the family. Pretty yeah, much. exactly. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. So have y'all discussed about once he get here? Um, you know, when they come here, they bring that burden with them of having to actually take care of family back home. Have y'all discussed that? Yes. And so his thing is that he really wants to like get it set up where like his family can kind of run the business. And, you know, so he's trying to find something that he, you know, that they can run, whether it's the shop that he has now or something mm -hmm. else, but he really wants them established. And like, you know, when we talked about this morning, like what's one of the positives of being in a long distance relationship like for me, I was thinking we have more time to really talk and get to know each other because mm -hmm. when you're together, you go to movies, you go out to eat or whatever, and you're not spending that time talking like you do. Like we have logged thousands of hours texting and talking. Like I really feel like I know him, but like, um, but like he looks at it like I get time to set everything up because he goes, I'm leaving my whole culture, my country, everything to come to another country. So for him, it's, it's enabling him to like get everything in place. So this time away, um, you know, and being in a long distance relationship, he's got time to set it up to feel established so that he can establish his family. So he doesn't have to worry about them when he's here. But I mean, obviously, if they need financial help while he's here, I have no problem helping Exactly. Them. I mean, it's the same with us. You know, if our parents, our children, our cousin, whoever calls us yep. and say they need help, we're going to help them if we're able to help them. So, I mean. Yeah, exactly. Because they made him who he is. And so how can I deny the family that made him? You know what I mean? Like, I love mm -hmm. them. So they're my family too. Exactly. So, yeah, I would, I would do anything. Okay, so we're going to look and see if anybody has any questions for you over here. And if not, we're going to close out. Anybody have any questions? So I guess no one has any questions. I want to thank you again for allowing me to interview you on the Lampo Show podcast. It has been a pleasure talking with you. And I hope you the best on your journey. 
And if you need anything, I am here. You know how to contact me. I'm here. Thank you, Tina. I so appreciate you giving um, the opportunity for this. I really appreciate you. And like I said, you were one of the first wives that I saw in the very beginning that you just you just struck me, you know, and like you were just so raw and real and transparent. And you talked about what the journey was like and with, you know, your husband first coming over here and how hard it is. Like a lot of wives don't talk about that. And so I just love that you that you shared all that. And so, yeah, you were just some of the one of those wives. That I was like, I want to get to know her better. Like I just Aww. I really I think the world of you, Tina. So thank, thank you. you so much. I appreciate that. Well, I didn't want to be one of those wives because I've seen it so many times where, you know, we're all in the group together and we're going through this process. We're traveling back and forth, seeing our spouses fiancés, whatever they may be at that point in our lives. But once they get their spouses here, it's kind of like they drop off and mm -hmm. they, they don't support the women that's coming behind them. So I didn't want to be one of those wives. So anybody that knows me knows that I've been on the scene from beginning to now, even now while my husband's here, you know, showing that same support for the other women and that's just who I am that's who I wanted to be you know but it is what it is everybody's entitled to do whatever they want to do with their marriage and I respect that but for as me I choose to stick around and help and be there to help in a time like this because it's hard it's very hard so and that's when you need help the most I think because yeah long distance is hard but when they first come here I mean they're bringing their Nigerian or their African culture here because they mm -hmm. don't just I mean like we would bring our American culture over there, you know, it's what we know. So like for me, it's nothing to just go outside the gate and walk around and meet people, the neighbors and Emeka would never allow me to do that right. because he knows that the hearts of men are evil. So, um, and because I'm American, that's a huge no, no, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's just the understanding that when he comes here, it's, it is going to be an adjustment, you know, mm -hmm. I even saw that, like when we were in Dubai, we were going to walk across the street one time, like we had the walking thing to go across and we're holding hands and I'm ready to walk and a car was coming and he pulled me back. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he goes, well, the car's coming. I said, but we have the light to walk. And he goes, well, how do you know the car is going to stop? I'm like, cause they will. <laughs> He's like, they're so sane in this country. And then when I went to Lagos, I knew what he was talking about. <laughs> like, you know. so yeah, like, I know. Cause even like when we were riding the car over in Ghana and I would have my phone in my hand like this, and my husband was like, honey, put your hand inside. Bring your phone on this side. I'm like, what? He was yeah. like, honey, they'll snatch your phone through the window. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like things we would never think about. Yeah. Yeah. So, but again, it's been a pleasure having you on here. Um, if you allow, we would like to interview again in a few, whenever, when you get married and um, get an update with like the immigration process and how it's going for you and stuff like that. I would love that. And then maybe, I mean, since Mecca's up now, maybe um, he could join us too, if he's willing. <laughs> well, he want to come on, we can bring him on. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you, Tina. Thank you so much again. And I'm going to close out since no one has any questions over here. Okay.
So again, thank all my viewers for tuning in to the Lampo Show podcast tonight. We appreciate you so much for joining us here. And we will see you guys on Thursday this week. And if you're an American woman who are dating, engaged, marriage to, divorced from, have been scammed by a man from the continent of Africa, please contact us at info.thelamposhow at gmail.com. And we will be honored to have you on our show. Until next time. Bye, guys. Bye.